Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mott. College Soccer Nation. Hello, all. I am Matt Mott, one of the co-hosts and founders of College Soccer Nation. And this is a fantastic, exciting episode. Chris Petroselli is with me. Brian Lee is also here. And we are here on the first College Soccer Nation podcast after the 2021 National Championship. Fellas, good evening. Good evening, Matt. I liked it when you when you went, hello, all? You know, it hit like a kind of a high note there. Well, you know, pros, Chris, have different deflections in their voice. What's the word? Deflections? <laughs> yeah. Deflections? Uh, uh. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, no, so it's an exciting day, right? We have a great episode. And, oh, 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 let me stop right there. Oh, Guess no. Guess who's just joined us? Guess who's just joined us? The national championship coach himself, Mark Kikorian. Welcome to College Soccer Nation. What? Uh, oh, <laughs> got Linda with him. Can you hear us, Mark? I think the first thing he should ask for from the administration is a better internet connection. <laughs> now that he's three-time he national champ. Unmute your Can microphone. You, unmute it, Mark. Uh, oh, oh, he's got to get oh, Michael yeah, to do it for him. Yeah, she's kicking me out. Oh, oh, wow. We're going to talk to the first lady of first lady of college soccer. Jeez, I'll tell you what. It's amazing we can win a freaking game with me getting take quarters on where to sit during a freaking interview. Christ. I know we win any games. Uh, I wanted to talk to Linda. She's the first lady of college soccer. She's she's not camera ready, like I am. <laughs> uh, tell her it's it's only audio. Um, yeah, it's only audio. He looks she looks better than all of us. Trust me. Yeah. Trust I, me. Here, here's the here's the thing. She got the wine. Don't worry. Yeah, love it. You know, here's the thing that I, that I want to know now that we have Linda on. They they interviewed Linda during I think during the semifinal match. Right? Was that the semifinal match? Right? No, that was oh, that Tallahassee. The, the, the quarterfinal yeah. match, right? Yes. Yeah. And she was so pleasant and happy and laughing. And Thank then you. they panned to Mark, and he's got this <laughs> miserable look on his face, like the game is absolute torture. So I, it's, it's just two opposites. So how do you guys even get along? Ooh, balance. <laughs> yeah, to have <laughs> I don't know, Mark. I don't know, Chris. I saw Linda during the national championship game at 0 0 halftime. I looked up there and she looked distressed as she could be. Oh, okay. So I do think it runs oh, in every once in a while. Yeah, I did. She looked a little nervous. And it's possible, it's possible that interview was during our game when they were up 4-0 or something <laughs> like that. I, I don't know. I was hearing about all these tweets going out about SMU being the only team to score on us. Yeah, that's right. that's right. Yeah, well, impressive. Impressive. So, Mark, how are you doing? Congratulations from College Soccer Nation on your third uh, national championship there at Florida State. It was fantastic, fantastic performance, and we're very uh, thankful you would join us for a few minutes tonight. Well, it's a pleasure sharing some time with you guys, as always. So tell me, um, after the match ended, okay, and since the match has ended, what's been going on with you guys? I'm sure you've had all kinds of activities and fun stuff happening. 
Yeah, you know, of course, uh, being a West Coast um, event this time, getting back uh, back here to Tallahassee was uh, was a next day uh, trip, which um, in this case was made quite easy. Um, our group was able to charter back in, so we got back, and um, it was fantastic. We got in, oh, I don't know, a little bit before five, and uh, the bus on the um, on the runway waiting for us to to pick us up as we hop off the charter with a police escort, and you guys have. Uh, seen it before for for us you know one time we played in the final four up in Kerry, and they told us we we're gonna have a police escort and they had one police car with no siren on but his <laughs> lights on it was actually slowing down the traffic so everybody thought they were being, <laughs> being chased but yesterday they had i don't know eight or nine motorcycles and a, a lead car and the lights flash and the sirens going and one motorcycle cop is pulling up and stopping traffic at one intersection and the next one at the next one and we're just buzzing through the red lights i'll tell you i thought it was absolutely fantastic you kind of felt like you were uh, um your royalty or something and uh, we got back to the university and uh, as we uh, drove into where the football stadium is uh, the band started playing and the cheerleaders were out there and there was a huge crowd out there and they had a uh, the, the the ceremony that uh, only typically occurs with either a national championship or uh, a home football game with um, lighting the spear. And then following that, they took us up and uh, had a very nice reception with a, a variety of people speaking and um, celebrated very well for us. But, uh, you know, as you know, long, long week out there in California and a long trip back, but uh, a whole lot, whole lot short of winning than it would have been losing. Yeah. So, so I did see a little bit of the video. Um, did they have fire trucks with the spraying across the? Uh, that that was cool. That was cool. Spraying across cool. as the airplane yeah, came in. I that part, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, uh, well, that was probably the coolest part. I thought. You know, it goes back to my military days. It's something that we would do for you know when you ships, a fire ships truck? came in and stuff. <laughs> no, big ships came in. Like the fire fire ships would put, spray the spray the water. It's very cool. Oh very God. impressive. Uh, well, we do appreciate you for your, appreciate you for your service and defending <laughs> us uh, in that fashion. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> so, um, so how much sleep you got? Yeah, not much, not much. I thought <laughs> last night I'd sleep like a baby, but I uh, woke up quite early this morning and uh, know that I have a boatload of things to do to make up for the time that was gone and trying to, you know how it is, check off a few boxes, mm-hmm. and, uh, take care of a few details, but. Uh, we're in final exams this week, so coming back as we did, it's uh, uh, a little bit challenging for the student athletes, of course. But uh, we we fortunately were able to get them back, and they were uh, sitting in exams today, tomorrow, and Friday. And uh, um, the professors, I understand, were quite uh, uh, open-minded and reasonable in dealing with the kids being able to reschedule or make up their exams. Great. What's um? <clears throat> I know you guys had uh, a bit of a disaster trying to get to California. Right. And in, in some of your uh, travel issues. It, and, and I think it's important for everybody to know sort of what you guys went through, because it was hard. You know, it was hard. It was a lot harder yeah, for you than it was really for Santa hard. Clara. It's, yeah, it's, it's really hard. And, you know, you kind of look at it and, you know, it seems as though it's this way every year. And, you know, fortunately for us, we've been really lucky over the years to be a number one seed a number of times now. And, you know, not having to deal with the travel piece as much and, you know, again, for us here, this is the worst travel of the year. It was absolutely the worst. It's disjointed. It's disorganized. You know, you, 
it's like planes, trains, and automobiles for us. And they, they come to you with all of these different options. Well, you can have one group leave at 6 a.m. and then the next group leave at 7 a.m. And you know, if you got a third group, they may go out of a different airport and you need to coordinate all of this stuff. And, uh, or they give you some unreasonable um, charter opportunity. Yeah, you know, you can take a charter from, from Tallahassee to, um, um, to the West Coast out to San Jose. Yeah, for $142,000 or something along those lines, one way. Right. Yeah, okay, well, who's going to do that, right? So, so what we, our best option was we trained um, in the afternoon that we left. We hopped on a bus. We rode about four and a half or five hours up to Atlanta, uh, spent the night at a hotel in Atlanta, got up early the next morning in two different groups, uh, flew from Atlanta into San Francisco in two different groups, and then, um, uh, got on a bus and drove from San Francisco to San Jose. So, you know, for me, it's discouraging in that regard. You know, I've 17 years I've been in Florida State and we've played, fortunately, we've been in 11 Final Fours and that hasn't gotten any better. You know, we keep hearing about student-athlete welfare and things getting better for the student-athletes. And, um, you know, for, for me, I, I kind of look at it and having enough perspective now to to be able to draw some conclusions. It's It's disappointing. I hope that uh, at some point, student-athlete welfare will become more important and uh, the, the, the dollar bill become less important. You know, the, the criteria we use is what's in the best interest of the, the student-athlete, you know, what, what makes the most sense for them, uh, both from a competitive point of view on the field, but also from an academic point of view. And, you know, our, our choice was to keep our kids on East Coast time and no accommodations being made to try and um, allow that to occur. And uh, just for me, it's disappointing. I, I really wish that we could be better. But at this point, this is what we have. And, you know, every year you go to the tournament, they send you these evaluations and you write in the evaluations, you never hear anything. And then you come back the next year and it's the same or worse. So, you know, my hope is that at some point we can, um, we, we can get better. Great. I think Brian, all... what do you got for Coach K? Well, if only we had someone on the committee here who could help get better, that would would be my number one. Um, I don't I don't have much, Coach. I, you, what I have is congratulations. There's so many years when the best team doesn't win, and you mentioned those eleven Final Fours. And um, if anything, uh, you've been the best team more often than you've won. Winning is not easy, and it's unbelievably impressive. Uh, thank you. It's uh, you're right. It's not easy, and uh, you know we have great players, and I have a great staff, and the support network is is really good. So you know if you're able to surround yourself with uh, with people that um, um, have complementary skills, and you know be quiet long enough to listen to what they have to actually have to say, then the, the chance for success is a little bit greater. So um, I think we're very fortunate that we have a, a good group. So let me ask you. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to say, Mark, okay, so let's just go through this, right? You had the challenges of, of the travel, the challenges of uh, Rutgers in your f first opponent, the challenges of, of BYU in your second opponent. But would you agree or not agree the toughest part of that trip to San Jose was climbing up that ladder to get to the top where you were watching the game, the, the semifinal game? The ladder to get to the top of the press yeah, box. I, I think the toughest part for me was watching you climb up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't easy for either of us, was it? <laughs> no, no. There's hey. nothing easy about that. Or coming down. 
we're giving out some accolades right now, but let's give a shout out for that ladder. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. It helped both of us. It did. It did. Uh, I, I, do, uh, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, you had Matt out there, right? I'm Matt out there on the committee and the committee certainly works hard during, during the tournament. Did you see Matt do any work during the tournament? <laughs> Well, I think we determined at some point his job was to kind of be a liaison and talk with people. Yeah. So, yes, I saw him doing a lot of talking. So I'm talking. <laughs> yes. Um, I was at your practice. I didn't yep. shag balls, but I was at your practice. Right. All yeah. the other people Jim were shagging Klein, balls. But you... Jim Klein, who was our liaison, was off shagging balls and kicking them back. I look over at Matt and I say, hey, what about you? And he just shook his head. <laughs> She's a fit, young, could fly all yeah. over the place. I, I would still be after the first ball if I, I would have done that. But I'll tell you um, what, he was outstanding, by the way. You know, a yeah. year ago we had Nancy Feldman with us, and Nancy was just great, and uh, Jen, and I'm sure that all of the different um, liaisons that are with the, the teams, uh, accommodating as can be, they're trying. They're, they're really trying to, to help out and uh, be as gracious as they can in so many different ways. And uh, you know, I had a, a, a lot of respect for Jen before. Now getting the chance to spend more time with her, I have even more now. Yeah. She's okay, awesome. I'm, I'm going to ask you the question that you are going to hate to hear right now. Okay. Um, what's next year's team like? Oh, we're loaded. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, I'm the one that wants, doesn't want to hear that. I think everybody else doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a good team. I mean, we're losing some really good players with Jalen Howell and Gabby Carl and Gianna Mitchell, but we got all the others back, and um, you know they're going to continue to work hard in the spring. We've got a very re good recruiting class coming in, so you know we got no excuse. We we should be uh, we should be good. We should be competitive. We should be able to uh, uh, to compete. But who knows? You know, on paper, yeah. it's uh, it's a very good team, very very talented, and a lot of depth again, but. You know, who knows? Between now and then, you could unfortunately have injury. You could have other issues that we're not foreseeing or, or forecasting at this time. But uh, right now, as we look at the quality and the depth and the returning plays, we had a really good freshman class this year. And some of those kids, they didn't play as much, but they're going to gain great experience this spring, and they're going to be even better for it. Mark, what do you think of the, uh, the really, you know, for lack of a letter, Lack of a better what? term. <laughs> uh, I've had a long travel day today, too. Um, uh, BYU's almost home field advantage in the final. I mean, that was Boy, impressive to me. What Those crowds were fantastic, weren't they? I mean, They really were. Nights, uh, mm -hmm. Even for our game, starting sure. as it did earlier and so on, the Santa Clara folks and the BYU people came out. Uh, you know, one of the other things that was a little odd about this trip was um, our meeting room, and the Rutgers meeting room in the hotel were 15 steps away from each other. So in the pregame, going down for meals, going uh, before we're leaving, their kids are kind of running into ours. Our kids are on the same floor in the hotel that their kids are on. And, uh, you know, it, it's just uncomfortable, you know. And Michael yeah. Neal at Rutgers and I are old friends. We're, we're, we're very dear friends. And I have a lot of time for Mike. And uh, we have a great relationship. And it was nice to see him. But not under that circumstance. Not that much, right? yeah. Right. You know, after the game or, or yeah. out recruiting or, or something else. But uh, that was a little bit challenging. But the crowds were just fantastic. I thought that um, it, it couldn't have been a, a whole lot better environment. 
especially considering it was on a college campus and, and Santa Clara wasn't playing. If they were playing, mm -hmm. then you might have expected it to be that big. But yeah. BYU, boy, they travel. It was fantastic yeah. the crowd they brought. Yeah. So, so your best ever um, of the eleven Final Fours, the the best of the other ones. What was there? Has there been a crowd like that that you've played in front of? Yeah, two thousand eighteen, we played yeah. Carolina in Carolina. Uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I looked up and I didn't see any garnet. They were like, <laughs> it seemed like there were ten garnet uh, jerseys up there, and I don't know, eight thousand, ten thousand, whatever the crowd held. Yeah. Everybody else is wearing baby blue. Yeah. Mm. Where's the Final Four next year? Back in Carolina. Uh, it'll probably be Duke next year. It'll be yeah. Duke and Florida State in the finals. <laughs> I, I don't think they've assigned it yet to be in Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we uh, we need to let him go because yeah. it's, uh, in, in uh, about seven minutes, he's got to watch Survivor. He's told me yeah. he has to be off in time for Survivor. Yeah, Michael Kukorian is a priority for that child. And uh, uh, that's a little... Uh, uh, dad, son, and mom at this point bonding time, and uh, um, young Alexandra up in Boston um, at, at college, she'll get roped into it or dragged into it in some fashion too, I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, yes, Mark. Congratulations. It was uh, a, a well-deserved, the, the the right team, best team all year, like Brian said, one one without question. So it was nice to see and and an awesome awesome job. Thanks for coming I on. Appreciate you guys. Happy holidays to you. I look forward to hopefully catching up to you sometime soon and yeah. enjoy uh, enjoy your time with your families. Well, All Mark, right. I will say last thing, we really appreciate your support of College Soccer Nation. It's something that's you very important, me? and we know you like to listen. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, who who that's involved in College Soccer isn't listening to this, listening to you three guys every week? I mean, there's so much uh, knowledge and uh, – <laughs> Just the wealth of knowledge. And, uh, you can't say it with a straight face. Yeah, you can't say it without laughing. There's no nonsense at all of this. You do a great job. I was on earlier with the ACC guys, uh, Packer and Durham, and they got nothing on you three. funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. All right, Mark. Thanks so all much. Right, Mark. Take care. You guys all right. See you, Mark. All right, see you guys. Happy holidays. Yeah. Okay, well, that was a nice, nice surprise, wasn't it, yes. Chris? Yeah, it's great uh, that he popped in, huh? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think it's All funny right. that uh, that he had to get off though to go watch Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our priorities, Chris. Think about think about Mark and how he operates day to day, and the humbleness yeah. that he approaches the job with. When we, we coach in a profession where if you go recruiting and you're standing next to someone who finished third in some mid-tier conference, you'll get a blow-by-blow blow of how it, they did everything right. <laughs> this is where the magic started. Yeah. In preseason, pre I did a session on you know, defending a little higher up the field and blah, 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 blah. And Mark, I mean, every time you talk to him, you, you, you would have no idea. The, the level to which they're achieving. So yeah, both it's really cool, refreshing, and uh, enjoyable. Um, so 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 true. Um, and uh, and both points are true. You'll hear about oh, this game we played, we were the yeah. greatest. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's keep it moving here. We're going okay. into uh. We're going to go in and talk about the. We haven't really talked about the final four, and I think we all have matches. a lot of thoughts yeah. on the matches. And let's just start off with uh, with Rutgers and uh, and Florida State. And um, 
really a, a tight, very, very well-played match. And go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I, well, first of all, you know, um, Rutgers was, was impressive. Uh, you know, they, they came out, they played four, two, four, very brave, you know, mm-hmm. t- tried to pick their times to press and get high up the field. Didn't just sit back and bunker. Uh, there were times where they, where they were pinned in some, but they were trying to play. They had some chances. They, Absolutely. You know, and okay. Made a couple of very, very good saves. Um, in the end, Florida state's quality comes through. Um, and, and one of the things we, we see from Florida state is there's just, you know, they're so well drilled at what they do, right? Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're going to do and they're so good at it. And, you know, the only other team in college soccer, I think that you could look at and say that, you know, they know exactly what they're, they're going to do and they're really good at it is Arkansas, right? Yeah. Arkansas is so good at what they do. And Florida State is so good at what they do. What they the two teams are so different, and they do things differently. But um, you know, Florida State quality in the end comes through. So good on those corners. The service on the on their corner is always in on top of the goalkeeper, makes it hard. And 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 Jalen Howell scores, and and you know she she's so good in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I agree. I agree. The Rutgers created a couple of very good chances in the game, and and probably deserved to score honestly in, in the chances that they created. And and Roquet was very good. The Roquet had a fantastic tournament. She, she was did. very good in that game. She was very good in the final. Very good in the penalties. Um, you know, I think she's really emerging as a a top flight goalkeeper. She really is. There's there's not a lot of weaknesses in her game. And and uh, I think Bristol Mike Bristol's done a great job with her. And and uh, but that back line is tough, man. Uh, you know, I think Gabby Carl is underrated how good she is. And it, this is somebody with a gold medal, right? So yeah. she's not that underrated. But in that back line, and Lauren Flynn, um, center back, I think is – Had a great weekend. Yeah, and she's underrated how fast she is. I mean, they couldn't yeah. get away from her. And, uh, you know, and and so anyway, it was uh, – I thought it was a really good game. Good game to kind of kick it off and saying, okay, this is going to be a fun weekend because this is these are going to be good games out here. Yeah, the, the the piece to me, there were a couple things. Seeing Florida State score the corner where, you know, kind of the difference between this year and last year with them is coming into this final four a little sharper. You know, the fall before COVID, I thought where, where they looked so good was on set pieces. And then late in the NCAA tournament last year, I didn't think they were quite as efficient. And to see how I'll get that goal and the service keep pounding in like that. And then Roque is such a good example. Arguably, some might say I bang on about this, but development at Florida State is so underestimated across the country because so many of our elite teams are built just on recruiting. You know, so so many of the best teams in the country. And you have to know where the players came from and what they become. That kid has held off how many youth national team goalkeepers (laughs) at Florida State? Yeah, Yeah. two or three, yes. Yeah, yeah, two or three, and they're still some of the best. You know, Mia Justice is fantastic. She's, she is. she's going into the under-20 camp. Going yeah. into the 20s yeah. camp. And that save was huge in that game, that first save, to keep it nil-nil. And she has improved so much in her mm-hmm. time. Credit to Bristol, Mark, yeah. everybody involved. But she's just an example of what they're really about is development and and developing, in the end, professional players. and Sure kids who play for their countries and all that kind of stuff. But I, I thought those two things, it was a really good sign to score off the corner. Um, and then the developmental piece, 
coming to the forefront again with, with Florida State? Well, what we haven't mentioned is he started two different lineups. Totally, yeah. I mean, and, and, the, I, and, and I think they started a different lineup every, every game this year. I mean, they, they were always tinkering. You know, they were yeah. always trying to find what's best against this team and that team. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're right. Well, there's a couple guys that started and played significant minutes in the semis that didn't step on the field for the final. Yeah. I mean, it's just really impressive when he talks about preparing them and preparing them and be able to, to play at the end and peaking at the right time. And the kids buying in too, right? The yeah, yeah. Buying in. Yep. Very difficult. Well, let's go on to the, the next game, which was, I thought, you know, maybe the game of the weekend with, you know, to set it up for those listeners that don't know the deal, BYU and, and Santa Clara, both in the WCC, both rivals, both have been both the top of that league now for a while with Pepperdine and, um, and obviously Santa Clara winning it last year. The Final Four was at Santa Clara. And I got to tell you guys, there was not a seat to be had in that place. It was overflowing with people, over 7,600 people, um, ravage. Um, Santa Clara. They had a student section. So I guess the story goes, there's a guy that paid $50,000 for any student that wanted to go to the game. Um, and they had two sections that were like you would see in a, a basketball, like a Duke basketball game with the students or a, you know, a big football game with a student section. I mean, they were going crazy, and it was awesome. Um, every touch of the ball, most there was this excitement, and the game lived up to it. It was really an exciting game. Um, you want to start, Brian? You want to start, Chris, maybe on the, the analysis of the actual match? Go ahead, Brian. Um, you know, I thought the crowd was the star of the game, to be honest. I thought the first half was really what we'd hoped for, and then gradually the game faded out a little bit for me. Um, but the crowd was really the, the star of the show. And I think obviously it helps with the home team, but I think maybe Chris referenced it with the BYU turnout, or maybe it was you, Matt, BYU turnout on the second end with the final without Santa Clara even being in it. I thought it was a great statement for where our game is at. And that side of things, the off the field stuff is so important to our growth and our future, um, as we try and. Uh, grow as a sport to me that was the scene stealer of the game I really thought faded um, toward the end uh, you know the penalties look like the crap shoot it, it, all the penalty shootouts have been so interesting to me through the tournament you know this one you got everybody's marquee player missing mm -hmm. you know and then BYU prevailing in the end yeah. well I thought it was an interesting tactic and, and obviously these guys know each other as well as as anybody you would play in your league, right? I mean, they know each other's inside now. They man-marked Coolahan, right? Santa Clara did with a, a pretty athletic kid. And so she didn't have a big say in the game, um, but they did get in, um, you know, three times maybe in the first half that, that BYU get in. To me, BYU was the better team, but, boy, you got to give Santa Clara a lot of – I mean, Jerry, his uh, coaching level is just he's, – he's unbelievable because to be able to get that team – that close was really, really impressive because BYU was clearly better, clearly more athletic. The Tucker kid for BYU, I think, is exceptional. I mean, she is fast, tough off the dribble. I thought Florida State did a really good job on her. Um, but they were in they were in a couple times, Santa Clara, um, in behind that BYU back line and had a couple good looks at it. They never got Turnbull a really clean look um, at the goal. 
to, to really kind of give him a chance. You know, she had a couple half chances, but never had that one really good chance. Um, but I, again, overall, I thought it was a really fun game to watch. And, and again, hanging on every pass. And then the, the penalties, guys, when they, when they scored their first penalty, when Santa Clara scored their first penalty, it was as loud as a game I've ever been, I've ever remember being a part of. They went berserk the entire stadium. And I wonder if that played into a little bit of pressure on those Santa Clara kids. Cause I'm telling you, it was, it was wild, wild, wild atmosphere for sure. Really cool. Really great for our sport. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the job that Jerry has done. This may be his best coaching job, you know, many, all the years that he's done it, you know, and his team was a good team. Let, you know, let's mm-hmm. not get that, you know, let, let's make sure we give them credit, but this wasn't his best team. So, right. Um, and uh, I think getting getting to that point and and being that close again to being in the final, um, I thought he did a, a a fabulous job. But in the end, I think you know BYU's overall athletic quality won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they they just were a little bit more athletic uh, in almost every area on the field, um, and and it ended, it ended up paying off for them. And uh, and again, when you get the penalties. You know, anything can happen, and and it did, right, with mm-hmm. the players who missed. And then I feel so bad for, uh, you know, the Santa Clara kid at the end who who knocked it off the post, the the, the last one there. Um, but a great, great season for Santa Clara, uh, and BYU gets to move on and, and see Florida State. You know, the, the, the interesting thing to me about the penalties is – uh, BYU misses their first two, yeah, right, and and Santa Clara scores, and then Kelsey Turnbull is up second, and you're like, oh God, this is going to be over. She makes this, it's over. They're up two, and she, and the kid saves it, and and a good save, you know, and then, you know, then it just unraveled for Santa Clara from there. And like you said, that last one off the post was tough because she had to keep her beat, you know, but um, but certainly a really exciting, um, crazy zero zero game. <laughs> And then we head to the final with uh, with Florida State winning in penalties, and you know thoughts on the the way the game the way the game unraveled, Chris. Well, Florida State won. Um, Florida State was good. You know, I, I thought they were they were good in the game, and you know their ability to to, to pass the ball um, over the course of of the ninety minutes um, or one hundred ten minutes you know, war BYU down. And, and in overtime, I, I actually thought, you know, Florida State might get one because they, they just had the ball so much more and, and, and you know, had a number of free kicks and, and corners and, and, and things like that. Um, BYU athletically, again, you know, made it difficult for Florida State. Great matchup between Howell and Golan. Mm-hmm. Um, it got physical, right? Um, Howell's, the look on Jalen Howell's face throughout that game was one of such determination, right? And, and we can't forget that Florida State lost a, a year ago. Um, and I think that fueled that team. You know, they were determined to, to make sure, you know, they didn't go through it again. They didn't, they didn't want to lose again. And, and they wanted to raise the, the trophy so bad. And um, BYU, I, you know, uh, I heard an, the interesting thing for me was, was uh, and I think it was Fowdy talking about, how their team was fueled by Santa Clara winning the year before. And they basically, their, their mindset was, well, if they can win it, we can win it. Right. And, and they were, I, I had at one point had mentioned, maybe they're just happy to be there. They weren't happy to be there. They were, they yeah. were, 
They were trying to win the championship. They were there to win the championship. And they came very, very close. Uh, and again, made it hard on, uh, on Florida State. And we, we again, get, get to the penalties. And, um, and, you know, it's tough at the end. It's, it's difficult. You know, ahead, I thought it was fitting that the tournament ended on penalties. I don't know if this is the record for penalties through the tournament, but it seemed like every other game was decided that way. And maybe it was just, just late. I thought BYU acquitted themselves extremely well, um, despite coming out just a shade short. And for a nil-nil game, I thought the entertainment level was really, really high. The games within the game. I thought once how picked up the yellow had the near, had the second foul that, you know, almost you could see the look of fear in her face. And I, I, I thought little moments like that where everything was weighing on every tackle uh, made for a really exciting final, despite, you know, it going to penalties scoreless. Yeah. You know, I give BYU a ton of credit, right? They went into extra time against their arch rival. And when they won on, on Friday, they celebrated like, you know, they'd won the tournament. And I said, there's no way like they're, they're not going to have it. They're not going to have the juice. They're not going to be able to do it for 90 minutes. And I thought it was going to be a, a pretty comfortable win by Florida State, honestly, just based on how much effort BYU put in. But I mean, again, when you're playing in the final, you you give every ounce you have and and they did. And and I thought that um, they made it really difficult for, for Florida State at the time. I agree with you, Chris. Florida State, you know, I don't know if the numbers are out, but they probably outpassed them three or four to one. Um, and really we're able to make them chase, but BYU just kept chasing and mm. kept chasing and, and did a really good job. And, and uh, you know, credit to them. I mean, to play 110, they go back and play 110 and, you know, you live by the penalties, die by the penalties, I guess. But um, it was a, I think it was great. You know, that's three years in a row now decided by penalties. Yeah. You go you back know, it, to Stanford and uh, Carolina and then obviously these last two. I, you know, a big moment in that game um was was the offside goal right yeah. and early it's early the goal's called back and you think it's a big moment maybe because it's it's a moment that that BYU didn't get but I actually thought it gave them confidence mm-hmm. you know that there was the thought of hey we we can score against these guys we we can play with these guys and I and, and I obviously they would have rather have had the goal than the confidence but right. you know I, I do think it was a big moment for them as as they move forward throughout the game I just think you look at you talked about it on the first game so drilled. But I mean, Florida State the pattern the pattern I don't know what you call it, pattern play whatever you call it, their ability to be in such good shape all of the time and be able to find the spaces and find the angles and that stuff they're just so so good at. It. And it doesn't matter who they're playing or where they're playing, they're going to get that and then they're going to get some chances and they're not going to they're not going to create a million of chances because they keep the ball so well and that's part of the tactics of it. But boy, they when they do create chances. They're tough so. Great final. Congratulations to them. And uh, I think, I think, um, you know, for me, college women's soccer really showed out in a great final four weekend. So good luck to the men this weekend. Good luck, uh, you know, being, being as good as it was for the women, but um, great, great final four and San Jose, um, you know, hats off to them and and, uh, providing a really good atmosphere for this, this uh, weekend. You know, at the last little bit I'd add on, on the entire final four, I thought, Four really, really high-level coaching performances. Oh, yeah. From everybody there. And I, I do think that's rare. We don't always see that. You know, sometimes a flaw can be exposed. 
but I thought Rockwood was fantastic. Obviously, Jerry, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, I, that was just a master class, and I'm sure he would have taken penalties nine times out of ten, take his chances. Mark and his crew were always top, top, top notch. And O'Neill, what a game plan he had to give mm-hmm. them the chance. I thought it was really impressive and a good sign for college. I couldn't agree with you more, Brian. I, I thought it was a master class in coaching all four, all three games, all four coaches, every match. Um, you know, you watched it going, wow, that's a good idea. That's that's and the, and the players did it right. The, the four two four, like we talked about with Rutgers, a really good job of that, you know, and, and even BYU saying, you know what? We are who we are. We're going to come out and do it. And but they made a few little adjustments that were, were really, really difficult for Florida State to break down. So, yeah, no, no question. And, and then the, you know. Now, I mean, it's a dynasty at Florida State, right? Three's got to be a dynasty. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and um, 11 final fours in 17 years. That's yeah. A dynasty. yeah. Absolutely. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. For me, that's the number. And of the 11, you know, we know it's soccer. It's so hard to win at that level. 11 final fours and been the best soccer team more than three times as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Impressive. The level of consistent elite performance. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Matt, let's move it on. Are you ready? I'm ready, buddy. I'm All ready. Right. Bring anything. You bring bring the heat. This is what we're going to do here. We are going to talk about areas where this tournament can be improved. And we're Brian and I are going to ask Matt, since Matt is on the committee. We're going to ask Thank him. Thank God for only one more year. One more year of this. <laughs> if the committee would support these kind of things and, okay. and him being part of the committee would bring these kind of things forward. Sure. Um, and and uh, he can tell us, yeah, that's a great idea or that's stupid, you know, and mm-hmm. you guys are don't know what you're talking about. And we can, so we I can, can call you stupid. You can. can call you stupid? We can call you so- stupid, too. <laughs> let, let, let me uh, let me preface this by oh, going God. back with a memory. Do you guys remember uh, Terrell Owens' uh, agent when he sat outside and Terrell Owens was doing uh, crunches? I they're asking him questions. Owens. Yes. Yeah. They're asking questions and he kept saying, next question, yeah. next question, when yeah. they wouldn't answer the questions. Yeah, just prepare yourself. Well, I, Matt, <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting a better performance from you. All right, let's go. Uh, right, let's go. Got? Brian, Hit you me. got one for him? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Matt. Yes. What are the chances that we could get a centralized tournament instead of a geographic FA Cup for the college women's soccer tournament? Well, it's funny you say that, Brian. I do think there's been a lot of discussion of making carry the new uh, the Oklahoma City or, or Omaha or whatever. There's been a lot of discussion about that. You know, they have um, – you know, typically right, this cycle, it's three to one, three years of carry one year on the West coast. They feel an obligation there because of the teams on the West coast clearly. And they have a good setup with the West WCC and Avaya stadium, the, the one where the earthquakes play. And it was supposed to be there this year, but then the, the, the schedule didn't line up properly because if the earthquakes would have made the, um, the um, playoffs, they would have, they could have possibly had a game. So that's why I got changed to Santa Clara. So I do think there's there's an appetite, let me use that word, for uh having a a carry. Um, but one of the issues is the men like carry too. And uh, they try carry doesn't love going back to back weekends, is what we've been told. 
So trying to figure out if the men get a different spot, the women get a different spot. I think that's some of the challenges. All nice right. question, Brian. What, Matt, what um, would you support? Put it this way. Would you support a fully seated one to 64 tournament? Oh, hundred percent. No question. I think they should do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So you'll get that done then. <laughs> they put up the, the year before I got on the committee is my first year in, in January. The push was one through 32 to try. And they said, there's no way we can go straight 16 to 64. So they tried to get to 32. How'd that go? I don't know. You tell us. Well, we're not 32. Are we? We are not. So clearly you got shot down. I think the problem is you look at so many of the other sports, the non-revenue sports, as we'll call it, uh, volleyball, softball, so on and so forth. They're all only 16. So I don't think that – I don't think it's in the cards. We tried. That was the thing we pushed hard. We did not get it. Okay. All right. Brian? I have a question for you. This is an offshoot question of the first two questions. Was the all-in North Carolina 48-team inclusive that was able to be seated – more or less cost efficient than this year's tournament. And if you don't know, find out or the year before. Yeah, I, I'll know January 20, January 31st. We have our fiscal part of our end of the year meeting is a fiscal report and we'll find out. So I'll get back to you on that, Brian. That'd but I, I got to believe it. I got to believe it's it's got to be cheaper, right? To do one site? Over to do one site, yeah. I would think. That's the crux to it. Well, the the, the issue you have, though, Brian, the issue you have is there was only 48 teams, not 64. Yeah, you'd have to figure out a way to do it like cost per team. Well, then you'd have to want all these all these peripheral schools that the host. I mean, the people that went to uh, what was the one complex? Wilson, we're not happy. Wilson. We're yeah. not happy with that. You know, our, our, us down in Wilmington wasn't great. You know, the, the field surface was not great. Um, so there's some challenges in that, but I, I obviously seeding as many as we possibly can is always the, the plus, but I think it's, it's a fiscal response. It's a fiscal issue. Okay. Speaking of fiscal issues, um, what is the possibility of uh, right now in those first, first couple of rounds, the referees are assigned basically locally, right? It's a local referee who does the first round game. Um, I'm not sure beyond that, you know, when they start flying people in, maybe not until the final four, I'm not sure, but can we get to a point where we're just getting the best referees? It doesn't matter where they're from. I I don't necessarily agree with that comment, Chris. My, my referee was not local. None of the, none of the four, the the ones here in Oxford were not local. So they're, they're they're within driving distance though. They were within their, maybe that that may be true. I I think that's, that's the parameter, Matt, that they have to be able to drive in. I, I, yes, I think that, I think that the goal should a hundred percent be to get the best referees, but how many is there? Is there 32 great centers for that first night? Um, When the issue is our tournament falls on the men's conference tournaments, right? Our opening round. So we're losing some of the best referees to some of the conference tournaments. Well, so you, you guys oh, go ahead, Brian. The first round referees are about as low level as we can possibly get because the, de- the demand of that weekend. 
Yeah. And, and let me say this, like, I'm just going to keep it real. Like I feel for the referees. It's a awful job. Um, and in college soccer, it's discussed. I know we've talked about this plenty, but just being around it, even at the final four. Like, and again, you had four coaches that were as mild mannered and calm and, you know, professional and quality and experienced as you can possibly have. You almost can't pick four better ones. The four you pick better would be very similar. And it's tough for those referees. Like, you know, there's just not enough good ones because there's so many people out there that don't treat them the way those four treated them. So they don't want to do it. I don't blame them. Are they, are they really paid enough to put up with the nonsense that they have to put up with? And I'm just as guilty as anybody, but it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. And I just don't think there's that. I mean, your, our game is getting faster and stronger and girls are getting tougher and fouls and this and that, and it's tough to do. And then you got people yelling on the sideline at you. I, I don't know. I, I see why people don't become referees is what I'm trying to say. And it's, sure. it's too bad because it is, it's something that we desperately need. The game's getting better. And I think they're trying to, trying to keep the referees up to speed, but I don't know how many people really want to do it. All right. I got a lot more questions. You got You got to st- the, the answer can't be that long. Okay. You, yeah. You sure, got no to cut it back. I'll say yes. No, if you want. Okay. <laughs> Next one. And you got another one? Or you... I do. I do. All right. All right, Matt, with the committee, do the year-to-year lessons apply? So, for example, with uh, the multiple bid leagues, the Big East, Ivy, you know, the argument before the tournament, did they just beat the RPI? And then, you know, performance-based would back up that argument, where you also have the flip. You've got these singular teams high in the RPI, Hofstra, Samford, UW-Milwaukee, doing really well year to year. Does the committee look at those historical trends before they pick the next year's teams? I think that's a discussion for our end of your meeting in January. Um, we, I would say in my three times down selection, that has not been um, something that we've done, but I do think it warrants a discussion for sure this year. Yeah, me too. Good answer. Okay, here's a here's a real quick one because you, you can answer this real quick because um, I'm sure you will. You know, in basketball, they've gone to 68 teams. Why don't we go to 68 teams? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have any. I, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I, I don't know. Put a proposal in. No, you're supposed to put the proposal in. You're on the committee. <laughs> <laughs> but why would we? Why is 68 the right number? Why wouldn't you? You can get four more teams. Why well, I, I think because the timing of when the games are. I mean, we're announcing that on Monday. We're announcing the game on Monday, and we're playing. Some people are playing on Thursday. BYU's playing basketball. So where are you going to put it? Where, it? where are you going? No, but no, they don't play on Thursday. No, no, no. It's one game that weekend. They they well, play on Saturday. Still, someone would have to play on Tuesday or Wednesday. That's right. And then turn around and play again on Saturday well, or Sunday. If you're in the first four, we would call yes. it. Right? You could play on Thursday and all the game, and your game is. Sunday. At, 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 then, at that site, yeah. Yeah, and the top four seats get to we play solved the team it. who's we tired. Solved it. We solved a little it bit now. tired, as they deserve. <laughs> like, yeah. Bring that okay. one forward. All right. All right. Um, n- next quick one. Um, Thursday, Sunday, as opposed to the one day off, can we get two days off? Yeah, I think that's happening. I think there's a big appetite for that. I think everybody understands it. They talked about it. We've already talked about it significantly, so I I got to believe that will be one we really try and push for sure. That's the best one you guys have said so far. I think that's, that's one that will happen. 
I don't know. You're going to have to listen back. We've had some good ones. We've had some good ones. <laughs> Next one, Brian, go ahead. Uh, in your experience in the room, how much room is there for subjectivity as you get down to the teams? You know, you know, kind of getting away from the RPI and Matt saying, hey, I saw this team and I saw this team and I think this one's better. I think there's some of that, yeah. All okay, right. good. <laughs> no, I don't think that's crazy, Brian. I think that, you know, it it, it falls on the coaches and some of the administrators are, are – are good soccer brains and, and know they, what they see. So I do think there is some of that. Yes. All right. Um, would you support some sort of easing of the travel protocols? The ones that forced Florida state to do what they had to do. Of course. I mean, that's a stupid question. I know. That's well, the first stupid one you've had. No, the COC has to, it's okay. the, C, the COC <laughs> has to do something about it. I, but they not in charge of changing. Yeah, no, Chris, come on. Come you think on, that's man. never been brought up? Please. So should we never bring it up again? Because no, we'll bring it up. No, it's up. It's up. It's okay. up. It's hey, up. Right. Good. It's up. Thank you. Thank you. Here's another one. Can you let the damn the whole team sit on the bench instead of throwing kids in the in, in into the stands? Yeah. So that that was a big discussion this year. And they came up with 37, right? And and I don't know if I should say her name, but Jen Klein and I both said we support all the players being allowed to be on the bench and then go with the support staff. Right. The men did not support that, as I recall, because they don't want somebody that has 40 players having, and there, there are teams with 47 players, Chris, sure. 47 Okay. on the men's side. I don't want 47 people on the bench and just players and then add the support staff. So, there has to be a number. And I think they increased the number this year and maybe they'll look to increase it again. I, I wholeheartedly agree with, I, I said my vote was, and I'm probably telling you was let all the players on the bench and then start the support staff, the coaches and support staff. Well, I'm glad you took the right side of the argument, Matt. I, I but I, I don't, I see the, I see the issue. I, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. Who cares? Well, but have you, okay. when was the last time you played a team that has 40 players? They have, they have, they're on the bench in all their home games. That's what I'm saying. But is that uh, distracting to you? No, I don't care who's on their okay. bench. All right. Do you? I really don't either. No. Okay. But, I mean, I played Florida many times. They had 40 something people. They didn't, yeah. didn't do anything for me. Yeah. But anyway, that was the argument. Okay. Next. All right. Matt, uh, Brian. Oh, no, I'm out of questions. Oh, I got more. I got more. Oh, thank God. Can we get the teams their own hotel? I mean, come on. Yeah. That, got, that, but I, Florida State and I, Rutgers right next to each other? I think that's poor. I, 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 they were, we were told they would be on different floors and their, their meeting rooms would be nowhere near each other. That's what the hotel told us. I remember that vividly. So that didn't happen is disappointing and shouldn't have happened. And, you know, typically it's it, typically it's, you know, one hotel, one team in each of the four hotels. That's why it's in care in care. So I, I don't know why. Maybe San Jose was short on hotels. I, I no, Not enough bid. I have no idea why it happened. But we were sold a bill of goods, Chris, and it didn't happen. Ooh. Yeah, we're, we're just lucky that was Mike and Mark. Right. Totally agree. Team in there, and you got some yep. crazy yeah. stuff yep. going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can just tell you, and, and it kind of feeds into to Mark's um, talking about the travel and stuff. 
you know, we had a difficult time getting to, to Florida State, obviously. And we were fortunate that our, that our university ended up putting up the money to charter. Um, but even, even at that, I just feel like travel at, at this time of year should be at the same level or better, probably better than it's been all year long with your team. You know, you're, it's an exciting time. You're in the end, it's the pinnacle of the year and, and, and you should be treated better than you are during the year. And, uh, and, and, you know, our hotel at Florida state wasn't great. And, I just think like how many times during the year, Matt, in your, in your time, right. Um, both as an assistant and a head coach, how many times has your team stayed at the comfort Inn? <laughs> how many? Uh, I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. Did, did you ask comfort him how many times his team or how many times Matt? Cause if he, <laughs> well, comfort in, he's down the street at the Marriott for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not, uh, look, I, uh, they were great. Florida State, they were great hosts. And, you know, and, and they had the uh, the cross-country championship going on there. And there just weren't enough hotels in, in town. And and that's what we ended up with. But I do think that the NCAA should should sort of say, like, hey, there's a certain level here that you got to meet, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not – maybe there is. I don't know. But I don't think they met it. I don't think there is. I, you know, we went to Clemson, and we stayed in a sleep-in or something. and. Yeah. Um, it, I agree with you, Chris, you get to this point finally, right. After a whole year of stress and your team's so excited and then travel becomes an issue every single year. And I don't know what the answer, the answer is the COC opening up the purse strings and, and, and paying more, um, or whatever. I don't, I, and I also think you have the issue with teams are going to host and if they have football on the weekend, that's going to be a problem, sure. right? The, the big schools have football or anything, the cross country meet or whatever, I don't know if there's an answer to that, but I agree with you. The travel should be the best you've done all year, certainly on the same level as what you've done. And I think, unfortunately, too many times it's not. Okay, I just have one more. Brian, you said you don't have any more? You're good? No, I'm done. Yeah. Okay, here, here's my last one. Are we going to see Matt Mott as the committee chairman? Ooh. Oh, that uh, that's an easy answer. No. Well, why not? No coaches are allowed to be chairman because we might not be there. Yeah, we might be playing it for you. I mean, come on, <laughs> college soccer nation. Come on. And <laughs> uh, no, that answer is no. And I'm very happy that it won't be. There's a lot of, they have to do a lot of work. Yeah. So, you and, uh, you know, I'm not interested in you all didn't that. do any no, work. this no. week. You guys should have seen this ladder to get up to the press box. <laughs> why don't you, um, why don't you tell Brian about um, your, uh, what you had to do yesterday because of all of the meals that you had during uh, during the <laughs> tournament. I did eat well. I, I, the Cossack Nation one, no, I went to Brazilian Steakhouse twice. It's awesome. <laughs> and then we found a really good pizza place that I went to three times. So I had detox yesterday, Brian. I, I ate maybe 200 calories all day yesterday. I'm still not hungry as all of the food that we ate. Oh, that's all I did, though. We had so, you know, BYU went in and going to Monday. We had an extra day. You ask Jen Klein when you see her. She was my eating buddy, but she doesn't look like me. It's impressive how she how she hung with me. It really was. I, it really I was. think we've just answered why teams are flying on three connections. <laughs> <laughs> the committee's got Texas Day Brazil twice. Yeah, that uh, yeah, was good, you know, too. It was good. Large. It was good. All right, that's all the questions. Those are easy. That's I do it. think, yep. that, you know, one of the big things for me is 
an improvement on the uh, streaming um, requirements. Uh, I did have that too. That, yeah. that has to be improved. Yeah. You have to have announcers. You have to have a, a score. You have to have more than one camera. Yeah. Has to. Yeah. So that's a big one on my list. So anyway, uh, okay. but all in all, guys, I think good tournament, exciting, and and a great final four to, to finish it off. All right, Chris, shall we move on? But take it out, Matt. Let's uh, let's just go with. Uh, you want to preview Bills? Yeah, so um, I think we talked about this last week, but yeah, we'll have uh, Bill Beswick with us next week, and that'll be sort of the, you know, the the whole part of the the episode will be the interview with with uh, Bill, his his new book called uh, "Changing Your Story: Twenty Life Lessons Drawn from Elite Sport," and uh, Bill, you know the. Uh, you know, well-known uh, sports psychologist and uh, really excited to have him. So tune in. Uh, it'll be next Monday. Um, I think that's the 13th of December uh, to listen to Bill. That'll be, that should be a fun interview. It will be. And um, I, you know, Chris, I don't know about you, but we got early edition books, which was this uh, just another plus of being a part of college soccer nation. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've, I'm almost halfway through. I have a highlighter. I've highlighted a number of. Did uh, he sign it for I've, you? He did sign mine yes, too. Yeah, that was yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, that was very nice. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm a fan. I am a huge fan of Bill, and and actually, a, you know, really um, excited to chat with him. I listen to him a, a ton, and think he's brilliant. And so that will be that will be one of the best segments we probably have ever had on this show. So yeah. certainly uh, excited to, to chat with him, Brian. Yeah. I would say Bill Beswick generally what the packed house at the convention, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah. convention no costs. I don't know what it costs now. 450, 500 bucks to go. Yeah. What is, what does this podcast cost to download? <laughs> it is free, Brian. It is free. Look at that. What yeah. a service you guys are providing, yeah. College yeah. Soccer Nation's loyal followers. That's so, so true. So true. And I, I think we'll have more hard-hitting questions than anybody at the convention, Chris. Yeah. We didn't do it with Bill. We'll get into it with Bill. Yeah. Of course. We're so tough on our guests. Um, (laughs) All right, Brian, thanks for coming on the whole show today. I know that's not normal, your your normal, uh, your normal deal. We expect the extra. Yeah. Yeah. The College Soccer Nation really appreciates everything you do for us (laughs) day in and day out. Uh, Darren, thank you as our producer, uh, DJ and Productions. We got through another soccer season. We'll do some, uh, we'll do Bill and then we'll do maybe a Christmas wrap up and, uh, and we'll take a break. But I think, you know, Mark said it. He's exhausted. I don't know about you guys, but I'm exhausted as well. Like we're ready for a little bit of a break here before we get it back at it with a dead period coming. Uh, it's the time. Um, so anyway, that is College Soccer Nation for this Wednesday evening. And thank you, everyone that listens. Congratulations to Florida State National Champions. College Soccer Nation is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.